In Parashat Vayechi, Yaakov's death is approaching. He tells Yosef, He gives him instructions. Then the Pasuk says, Yaakov called his children, Assemble, gather around, and I will tell you, That which will befall you, from the root of Mikra, that which will occur, which will befall you, in the end of days. What is the end of days? What is Yaakov referring to here? So the Mepharshi Apshat suggests that Achris Hayamim means the intermediate future. It means what will the, the what will happen, the adventures, the, the the what will happen to the to the to his descendants, to the tribes, when they enter Eretz Canaan. So, for example, Ibn Ezra says, each, each tribe, each of his sons, what would happen to the, the destiny of his, of his descendants. Rashbam says, their heroism, military heroism, their inheritance, their inheritances in Eretz Canaan. Radak says, Inyan Mikra. And it, and, and it says that, uh, that he told them, what is it? Sometimes means the far future, the end of days, the, when Mashiach comes. Sometimes, and it, as we'll see, some of Farshim explain that it means when Mashiach comes. But sometimes it means Bekarov. Sometimes it means more, more imminently. And in this case, he says, in Yanosh Kishi, Kansul Aretz Larishta, when they enter Eretz Canaan, he, he told them this is what will happen to their children, because many of the psukim do seem to deal with, with their, with, with, with their, with their, their, their destiny in terms of military things. The, the, the for example, we talk about and their inheritance in Eretz Canaan. Zvulon lechof yamim yishkon. He will, he will, he will reside on the seashore. Vuhul lechof anios, and and he'll have, he'll be at the shore of the ships. And uh, we have the. God Yududigudenu, they'll, they'll set forth in troops, Vuyagud Akev, Measher Shemena Lachmo, that he'll have uh, fat and bread, and he'll give delicacies for a fit for a king, and so on. So, Binyamin Jev Yitraf, many of the Psukim seem to refer to what would happen when the Jews entered Eretz Canaan, when the nation of Israel entered Eretz Canaan. <coughs> so, the Radak explains, he told them, Baruch Nevua, some of the events that were, that were in their future. Some of them had to do with Chalukasam in the, in the portion of Eretz Canaan they would inherit. Some of them, their, their military success, Batzel Chassim B'Mulchama, against their enemies. And, okay, so this, is the, this is what the Mepharshi Apshat say, that it refers to Achris Hayamim. doesn't always mean, article translates it as the end of days. We'll see that's the approach taken by Chazal. End of days, capitalized, capital E, capital, capital D, meaning the end times, as the Christians say today, Lahavdil. Which is, which, is, which is based on Tanakh, it's based on Sukkim and Daniel, about Kate Tayamin and the, 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 the end of history in the, in the religious messianic sense, not the Fukuyama sense. But the, the Farshi Abshad understand it doesn't refer to Achris Hayamim, the, the far flung future when Mashiach will come. It means a, a nearer term future. What would happen to the Jewish people when they enter Eretz Kenan? The Chizkuni and some of the Balaitosas explain that Achris Hayamim, the end of the days. The is the definite article. Which days? The days that Akash Baruch Hu established at the Brisbane Absarim Tavram. He said 400 years, you, the, 400 years the Jews would be in exile in Egypt. 
And then they would leave Berchosh Gadol and they would get Eretz Kenan. So Bachris Hayamim means at the end of that period that Hashem prophesied, that Hashem foretold to Avram Avinu, then this is what will happen, this is what will happen when they enter Eretz Kenan at the end of those 400 years. This is the, this the Chizkuni brings this, the Adar Zikainim, Pirush of the Balitosus also brings this. That's the hey, that's the Hayamim. He says the, if, 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 it, if it wouldn't say a hey, we could say it means the end of time, the end of days. But the end of the days, the days refers to the days of the a concrete set of days, the days of the days of the Jews' sojourn in Egypt. So this is this is the approach of the Mafarshe Abshat that it refers to the that it refers to the what would happen in the relatively near future when the tribes of Israel entered Eretz Canaan. The better known Pshat, certainly those who learn Tarshav Al the better known Pshat is the Pshat of Chazal, brought by Rashi, as translated by Artscroll. That Bachris Hayamim means the end of days, the end of time. That the that at the end of the end of history, when Mashiach comes, Midrash Rabbah, Bracious Rabbah brings various pshatim within this general approach. Some say, one says Mapolas Gog, the, the downfall of Gog, the, the great apocalyptic battle of Gog and Magog. The downfall of Gog is what uh, is, is what we're talking about over here. The Yudah says the Binyan Beis Hamikdash. The, the final base of Mikdash, as it says in Micha, Vahaya, Bachris, Hayamim, that the Har base Hashem will be Nachon, Barosha Harim, so it refers to the, the third base of Mikdash. And then the Rabbanan Amri, other Chacham say, Balagalos Lenus Akates, he planned to reveal the Kates, but it was suppressed. He was unable to reveal the Kates. The way the Talmud Bavli brings this, it says that Yaakov planned on revealing the Kates to his children. Bikish Yaakov Legalis Levanov Kate Tayamin, the end of days, which is a phrase from, from Daniel, who talks a lot about the, the final Gula. But Hashem stopped him, the divine presence uh, departed, and he realized that uh, he was unable, or he realized that he was, that he was not supposed to, he was not supposed to uh, give this information over to his descendants. He wondered why. He said, Shemachas Veshalom Yeshemitasi Puzzle. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's because one of my descendants is unworthy, like Avram had Yishmael and Yitzchak had Asa. Maybe one of my descendants is not worthy, and that's why they can't, uh, they can't receive this information. So they told him, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. They said, here, Israel, our father, Yaakov's name was Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, that they're just like you, Yaakov, you are a... Uh, committed monotheist, you only have one God in your heart, we too only have one God in our heart, and that reassured him that his sons were indeed worthy. That's why Yaakov said, Baruch Shein, as we say in Shema, of course the parish of Shema and the Torah does not have Baruch Shein, that's an interpolation that we add based on our Masorah, it's not actually in the parish of Kriya Shema and the Torah. So the Gemara gives this explanation that the, this was a dialogue between Yaakov and his sons, that Yaakov said, that Yaakov was concerned that the reason the Shechina was preventing him from telling them about the, the Geula was because there was something wrong with one of them. They reassured him that they were believers, and Yaakov, and Yaakov praised Hashem and said, Baruch Shem Yalam The Gemara goes on to explain that that's why our custom is to say Baruch Shem quietly. The Rabbanon said, what should we do? Should we say Baruch Shem? We can't do that, because Moshe Benu didn't say. When Moshe gave us the Torah, he, we have Kriyashma with no Baruch Shem in it. Should we not say it? But Yaakov said it. So they, were, they had a dilemma. They wanted to say it because Yaakov said it, but it's not in the Torah, it's not in the Chumash. So the compromise was, they said it 
quietly. They, they, they said it uh, not out loud. That was a compromise between these two imperatives. So the Gemara and the Midrash, though, are silent as to why Yaakov could not actually reveal the Kate. Initially, he thought that it was because there was something wrong with his children. There was a Kate. There was Kate. But apparently, they reassured him that they were that they were good. That they, that they, they didn't. They did not have Kate. So why couldn't Yaakov tell him the Kate? Why did the Shechina depart? The Midrash is silent. The, the Midrash Rabbah is silent. The Gemara is silent. We simply are not told. We're not told why Akash Baruch who stopped him from revealing the Kate. There is another version of this midrash that appears in several of the Rishonim in the in the Hadar Zikenim. We mentioned earlier that first he brings a, a, a pshat, Bederach Abshat, Chris Hayamem means after the, the sojourn in Egypt. Then he brings the midrash that Yaakov wanted to reveal the Kates, but the Shechina departed from him. So that's the same midrash that we have. But then he and some of the other Rishonim add, a, add a, an aspect to this midrash that we do not have in our standard midrashim. Initially, he said, maybe it's because they have chait. So, in, instead of saying that they reassured him by saying, Baruch Shem Kvod Malchuso, Yaakov himself decided to ascertain whether they had chait. How did he do that? He checked all the letters in all their names, and he found there was no ches and no tes. The letters of the two, two out of the three letters of chait, the ches and the tes, the two consonants, there was no ches and no tes in any of the Shvatim's names. Ruvain, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar, Zbulun, Don, Naftali, God, Asher, Yosef, Ben Yamin, no ches and no tes seems like a strange procedure to ascertain whether a person has chait, to study the letters of his name. People have free will. It doesn't seem like a wholly reliable and accurate test. Okay, this is what the Midrash says. He saw there was no ches and no tests. Now he was even more puzzled, more disturbed. If there's no chait, why can I tell him the kates? Why is Hashem stopping me? So Chakarod, he investigated further. In addition to no ches and no tes in the names of the Shvatim, there was also no kuf and no, no kuf and no tzadi. Ruvain, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar, Zvulun, Don, Naftali, God, Asher, no kuf, no tzadi. Those are the letters of Kates. There's no Kates in their name. Amar, Yaakov said, ah, now I understand. Atta binosi, now, now I understand, now I see. Ki enam ruim legalos lahem es hakates. They're not worthy of being told the Kates because they don't have the letters Kates in their name. Again, a little hard to understand. Surely a person's worth is not uh, totally contained in his name. There are ideas that a name has a kind of prophetic, uh, prophetic, prophetic, uh, you know, prophetic element to it, but is that really the, a reliable, a person does have free will, is that really the most reliable way of discerning whether they are tzaddikim or not? But somehow Yaakov d- discerned from their name that, they, that they're not Kate's people, they can't be told the Kate's, they're not Ruyim, and therefore Ra Yaakov Davarzev Yaakov saw that they couldn't be told about the Kate, so he so he changed the agenda and he began discussing other things. One moment. So so all the all these Madrashim are agreeing that Yaakov ultimately did not tell them the Kates, and this is obvious from the Psukim, because the Psukim, after they after Yaakov says, but then he goes on, he tells them all kinds of other things, as we discussed. He tells them about their battles and their inheritances, the land, other prophecies about leadership, and so on. Most of this does not refer to Mashiach. So, according to Chazal, according to Rashi, who follows Chazal, that the Kates he refers, that, that the Achris Yemim refers to Mashiach, that's not what he actually told them. That's why the Midrashim assumed that something stopped him. He changed his mind. His initial plan had been 
to tell them about the Kates, but ultimately he didn't. And Chazal say, why not? Because the Shina, the Shina stopped him. But again, the, the reason the Shina stopped him is not so clear. Why didn't he follow through on his original plan? Why didn't he tell them the Kates? Why did he change the agenda to something else? It's very unclear. Going to this last Midrash, the, uh, somehow he, he, he discerned from the spelling of their names that they weren't suitable, they weren't uh, deserving, but it's very unclear what exactly the, what exactly the problem was. The, the, the truth is, the, the, the Akronim discussed, the early Akronim discussed, this Shita of Chazal, that they interpret Akris Hayamim to mean the Kates, and then they have to say, well, he doesn't tell them the Kates, so what happens? They have to explain that somehow he saw they weren't worthy. Rabbi Yom Mizrahi, one of the early great commentators, super commentators on Rashi, he says, where Rashi says here that, that he wanted to tell him the Kates, but the Shechina stopped him, Rashi's language is, Bikish Legalos the Kates, from the Talkim and the Shechina, as per the Gemara Mshachim, and the Hiskalam Rajvar Macherim, he started telling them other things. Mizrahi says, I don't understand, why did Chazal do this? Why did Chazal say, Achris Hayamim means the end of days, and then they have to address the question of, well, he doesn't tell them the end of days, they have to say he changed his mind because of the Shechina. Why say all that? Well, what was pushing Chazal to, to interpret the Pesukim this way? Why can't we simply explain like the Mepharshim Pshatu? He doesn't mention that, but like the other Mepharshim do, like Ibn Ezra, like Radak, like Reshbam. Achris Hayamim means the fates or the, the destinies of the individual Shvatim when they entered Eretz Canaan. That would be, that would be Lachara, a, uh, a relatively straightforward way to read the Pesukim. So he doesn't really understand why the Midrash reads the Pesukim this way. The truth is, you, know, you can ask the Kasha on the Midrash, but Midrashim often say things that are not uh, clearly in the Pesukim. But uh, an, even, uh, an even more acute version of the question is to focus on Rashi. Rashi usually tries to say Pshat. Rashi, Rashi says his Shita is, he always tries to say Pshat, unless there's something about the Pesukim, which the Pshat is not sufficient to explain, then, then he brings a Midrash. Now, as we've discussed in the past, some, of the, some, some, some challenged Rashi, Rashi uh, the Rashbam challenged Rashi and said, he didn't really succeed in sticking to Pshat as much as, he, as much as he should have. He says Rashi conceded that he would have to, that he should really edit some, that he should really update his Pirush. But Rashi generally tries to stick to Pshat. So what was wrong with the simple Pshat that the Achris Hayamim refers, like the Radak, like Ibn Ezra, like Rashbam, it refers to the, it refers to the events that would befall the Jewish people when they entered Eretz Canaan. So the Maral and the Yifetoar, Feitar is Shmuel Yafa Ashkenazi, another early, another early, a very early, important commentary on the on the Midrash Rabbah. They explain that the, the Midrash didn't think that Achris Hayamim refers to the near future. We, we mentioned on the one hand the Chizkuni and the Hadar Zakanim say the fact that there's a hey, the definite article Achris Hayamim, that implies that Pashup Shadrach does not refer to the end of days. It refers to the, the the period subsequent to a specific period, the day, the the period foretold in the Brisbane Absarim. But the morale and the Yifei Tawar explain that the, that the Midrash understood the opposite. That the Midrash understood, the Midrash understood that Achris Hayamim means the far-flung future. It doesn't mean the near future of Eretz Canaan. Lo Matzanu, the morale says, we don't find that 200 years later is called Achris Hayamim, certainly not in the Doris or Rishonim, where their lifespans were quite long. They lived 150, year, 150 years. So that, that, that's, uh, that's like today. Someone says 80 or 100 years, a little bit longer a 20%, 25% longer than an individual's lifespan. That's not called Achris Hayamim. That's maybe not the immediate future, but it's not Achris Hayamim. Achris Hayamim sounds like way, way into the future. So that wouldn't be called Achris Hayamim. Also, he says the, the, the language, that which will befall you, the passive voice, the, the brachas, the things, that he, the things that he blessed them with, he was doing that. He was, 
that came from him. Sounds like it was something that would befall the Jewish people independently of, uh, of what he said. So because of these arguments, Maral says, that's what told Chazal to interpret Achris Hayamim to refer to the end of days. Yifei Torah says, similarly, he says, Anitama, I don't understand what's bothering the Mizrahi, he says. Achris Hayamim, you can't say that means the, 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 the destinies of an individual Shvatim. Did that happen immediately when they entered Eretz Canaan? That's not called Achris Hayamim. That, 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 the, the amount of time that passed from now till then, a few hundred years, that, that, that's not called Achris Hayamim. So, the, so therefore, that, that's why the Midrash understood. On, on the contrary, Pashim Shah and the Pasuk, they, they say, you know, is not, is not, Achris Hayamim doesn't mean the near future. So they understood it meant the, the time of the Geula, lost at Lavo, and they were bothered by the question, but that's not what Yaakov talks about. So therefore they said, therefore they said that the, therefore they said that the, Yaakov had planned to tell about Chris Hayamim, but ultimately he, he was foiled by the departure of the Shechina. Again, for reasons that are not totally clear, he had to talk about something else. The Ramban, the Ramban bridges the, these two shitas, the shita of the, the other Mepharshah Abshat, who say that the, Pasuk, that the Pasuk is referring to the, 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 the near-term, intermediate future, and the Pshat of Chazal and Rashi, that it's referring to the far-flung future at the end of days. The Ramban says, in his view, it's definitely talking about the Gula. It's definitely talking about Yemosim Mashiach. Either, like Chazal said, that it's talking about the Achris Hayamim, which is something he planned to tell them but didn't, and he changed the topic. Or he says, alternatively, even in terms of the, even if Yaakov didn't change his mind, there are actually psukim in Yaakov that are mentioned in this parasha that refer to the time of Mashiach. He says that, Achrit hayamim heimimosim Mashiach, because Yaakov, when he, when he told Yehuda, he said, lo yasr Yehuda, the, the shevet, the staff of, of authority, of, of ruling, will not depart his, his tribe, bin Raglov and legislators will, will, will always be present among his ascendants. Ad Until Shiloh refers to Mashiach according to Chazal. So part of Yaakov's comments did actually refer to Mashiach. So that's why he could say Achris Hayamim, because Yaakov himself was, was mentioning, at least at part of his discussion, he mentioned, he didn't give a date, but he, but he discussed Yemos Mashiach. He said Yehuda will have authority and sovereignty over Israel until the time of Mashiach even though he wasn't specifying when the case was, exactly when it, when it would come, but that's enough to, uh, that's enough to be called, uh, to, 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 that's what he meant when he said, that he brings Chazal, the Chazal say that he wanted to reveal the case, but the, but the Shechina departed him, but either way, he says, either way, according to both these Pshatim, does mean Mashiach, either it means, like Chazal said, a plan to reveal the, the date of the case, which he then changed his mind, or it refers to what he told Yehuda, that, that he would have authority until the time of the case, but either way it refers to the period of Mashiach. Okay. But the question remains, according to the approach of Chazal, that he had intended to reveal the, the details of the case, the actual date, when Mashiach would come, and Hashem thwarted him, Hashem, the Shekhinah left him, and he realized he couldn't, he shouldn't do it, or he couldn't do it. So, why? What is the problem? The, we mentioned that the one Midrash seems to say he saw his sons were unworthy, they didn't have the letters Kufzadi in their name, but that's, the, 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 surely there has to be a deeper, uh, a deeper reason, uh, something a little more uh, comprehensible than that, just because they didn't have Kuf and Sadi in their name. What was the problem? Ultimately, what was the problem? Why was, why, why was God's will that Yaakov not revealed, uh, Yaakov planned to do it, so God countermanded him. What was the issue? Why was Yaakov not supposed to reveal the cates to his descendants? 
So there is a Gemara. The Gemara in Sanhedrin says, not talking about Yaakov, the, the Gemara is talking about when, when Mashiach will come. The Gemara says that Tanya Rabbi Nassim Omer Mikrazen no Kibiyorid Atom brings the Pasuk in Chavakuk and it says this Pasuk is as deep and unfathomable as the depths. Kiod Chazon Lamoid, Vayipach Lakait, Flo Yechazev, that the, it's referring to Mashiach and it says that, that it's, it's unknowable, that the people ultimately were unsuccessful in figuring out when Mashiach would come, even great Chachamim, in Yismama Chakelo. If he tarries, we should still we should still wait for it, wait for the case. This, of course, is the formulation of the Animamin. He will come. He won't delay. But even if even though he even though he is Ismameya, he seems late, you still have to hope for Mashiach. But the Gemara Darshans that the that the that, that we don't know when the case is. It says various Chachamim got it wrong. Some Chachamim Darshan Daniel. One uh, one interpretation. Rav Simloi had another interpretation. Rabbi Kiva had a third interpretation. Based on different psukim and Chagai and Tehillim and Daniel, they all got it wrong. They they all misunderstood when the kates would be. The Gemara goes on. It says, "What does this pasuk in Chavakuk mean when it says when it says v'yafeach la kates v'lo yechazif?" That uh, that it's a hard pasuk to translate. V'yafeach la kates that the it declares of the end does not lie. Steinfeld translates it as, what does via feach lekates mean? The Gemara interprets it, Amr of Shul bar Nachmeni, Amr of Yonason, tipach atman shal mechash vekitin. It's a curse. It's the, it means that they should be, they should be cursed. They're, they're, the, that, 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 this is an imprecation against those who try to calculate the kates. That's a terrible thing to calculate the kates, the Gemara Darshans. Why is it terrible? Because people would say, the Gemara seems to say, the Gemara has a different shot, but the Gemara seems to say, if the kate comes and it, and, the, and it doesn't materialize, Mashiach does not arrive, they, they give up hope, they say, I, I guess it's all not true, I guess the whole thing is uh, just a myth, he won't come at all. Basically, so the, the danger of, of predicting the kates is that if your prediction fails to materialize, it leads to a loss in Amuna. Maral says that that's, uh, people give up like that, it means something more subtle, something deeper. But the, the simple plan of the Gemara is that the, predicting the case is a dangerous business because once you, once you do that and it doesn't, uh, and it doesn't happen, it leads to, leads to terrible things. Getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here, I saw a contemporary account. There was a, there was a, there was a rabbi in Eretz Yisrael, a student of Rosh Mosner, the, the Shevet Alevi. This was Rabbi Mordechai Genuth. So he was aware, he published uh, apparently a popular luach, a popular uh, almanac, calendar type thing, and he was aware, he said, that in the luach davar beito, and the year Tufshin Samach, in the year 2000, he says, or Mordechai Genuth says, that there are various sources in the Mesorah that, that, that predict uh, great things, the Mashiach will come in the year 2000, he brings a different achronim who suggested this, he says, is it Kedai to publicize this? That the, some opinions say Mashiach will come in the year, in the year two thousand, the year Tavshin Samach. Rav Ozner said absolutely not. Rav Ozner said, we shouldn't get involved in hidden things. Bias Mashiach Tidkenu is Olamum It's hidden from us, he says, and we shouldn't talk about this Barabim. He says that a person shouldn't get involved in these midrashim because they don't lead to. A person shouldn't get o- overly caught up in speculation about the end times. Doesn't bring to years Hashem or Avas Hashem. 
you shouldn't be Machashev Kitzin. He brings the Gemara, Tipach Ruchan, Tipach Daitzan, Shal Machashev Kitzin. Just wait for him, yearn for him, and believe. Don't get too caught up in this. And then Ravosner says that there were, even though there were Kama Gedolim and Tzadikim, and he, he can't deny, as we'll discuss soon, there were many Gedolim in previous generations who did suggest various Kitzin, who did make various predictions that when Mashiach would come. He says it was because of their great amuna and their great hope, and for the, they, were, they, were, they were hoping and anticipating the revelation of the glory of Hashem. However, history shows that, unfortunately, uh, it's, it's not a good idea. He says, particularly, there have been terrible things where Mashiach was expected to come and didn't, and it led to terrible consequences, particularly in the year of, of Tach, of Tavches, the, the, the year of... Uh, the, that, that was the year of... Um, that, 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 that was Tach V'Tach, the year of 1648, it caused tremendous, that was the time of Shabzai Tzvi, it caused tremendous disappointment, and Rifion, he says, why do we want to get involved in this, he says. He says, we want to bring people's hopes up, it's better to just be quiet, he says. If Chas V'Shalom, we're not Zohar to Mashiach, people will lose their faith and disappointment. And therefore, he says, uh, it's not a good idea. We, we, shouldn't, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't be publicizing these predictions, we shouldn't be, we, we shouldn't be doing this, he says. It, 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 it's, not, it's not going to be good for the Jews. Therefore, no, I, I advise you not to publish such things in your almanac. But, but this is what the Gemara says. The simple plan of the Gemara is that you shouldn't publish, that, that you shouldn't to try to calculate the kates, because if you get it wrong, it'll lead to disappointment and loss of faith and so on. And that's why it's not a good idea to speculate about the kates. That's why it's a terrible thing. This doesn't really explain, though, why Yaakov couldn't reveal the case. The Gemara seems to be referring, Rav is referring, people who are speculating about the case and might not get it right, and uh, if, it, if Mashiach doesn't come, that means obviously you didn't get it right. Hashem knows the future. Hashem is not going to say it's going to happen if it's not going to happen. So, presumably, if, if you're getting it wrong, if you're not getting the actual case, then you shouldn't publicize it. But presumably, if you have Nevoah, if you know the actual case, Hashem knows the future, if you know when he's actually going to come, and you reveal that... That wouldn't be such a... What's the danger? That, 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 Hashem, Hashem is not going to get it wrong. The Navi's not going to get it wrong. If the Navi says he's, uh, he's going to come, then he's going to come. So presumably, if you have ironclad, reliable information about the Kates, which presumably Yaakov Avinu did, then there's no reason not... This would not be a good reason. This would not be a reason not to, not to reveal the Kates. So the Ramban addresses, addresses this point. The Ramban has a... Not one of his best-known works, perhaps, but the Ramban has a work called Sefer HaGeula, where he talks about the Geula, and he interprets the narratives in Daniel that, that talk about the Geula, and he actually engages in Chishav HaKetz, he actually engages in calculating the Ketz and predicting when Mashiach will come. He has a whole series of dates about when different aspects of the unfolding of the redemption will occur. And in the introduction to the section where he, where he does Chishav HaKetz, he addresses the Gemara. The Gemara says that you're not supposed to be Machashev the Kates. So why am I going to do this, he says. Why am I going to be Machashev the Kates if the Gemara says you shouldn't do it? So the Ramban has an interesting explanation. He says there, there are two issues with being Machashev the Kates. This is what the Gemara says, that if you predict the Kates and it doesn't materialize, people will lose faith. But also, he says, there's another issue. He says, we mentioned before, the Gemara says that various great Chachamim, including Rabbi Kiva, tried to Machashev the Kates, but they got it wrong. How did that happen? Why, why, why were they getting it wrong? If, they, if there were such great chachamim, why, why were they? Uh, why, why did they fail to, to correctly, to correctly uh, discern the case? 
Ramban says it was Ratzon Hashem. It was the divine will. That's what this Gemara meant about no kibiyor out at the home rabbi, that it's the divine will, the divine will that the case should not be available to human beings. Why not? Why is it the divine will? Presumably that's why Yaakov was unable to reveal the case to his children as well. Why is this the divine will? Ramban says because the case was so far in the future, as we see now, it was thousands of years after Yaakov Avinu. So the case was so far into the future, it would have been demoralizing. The gullus is so long and so difficult that if people knew that the, the case is so far in the future, people wouldn't have been able to bear the gullus. People needed hope, even if it turned out to be uh, false hope. People needed something to hope. They, need, they needed some kind of optimism. The, the true case back then was so far in the future that it would have been uh, so disheartening, so hard to bear, that Akash Baruch did not want it to be revealed. Akash Baruch did not want it to be revealed. So, so the Ramban argues that this does not apply Bismanazah. He says, we are much closer to the Kates than, the, than they were in the time of the Gemara. So it's another thousand years later or so. So he says, he, he, think, he, he, he surmises that we may actually be close to the Kates, he says, even in his time, which was many centuries ago. He thinks that he might have actually been close to the Kates. But even if we're not, we're certainly, object, we're certainly it's, it, it's, it's, it's undeniable that we're a lot closer than they were, he says. So given that we're much closer to the Kates, he suggests that the, that the concern doesn't apply. Back then, it was so far from the Kates that it would have been demoralizing and disheartening to know how, how much longer they had to wait. But, but, but he says today, we're, we're so much closer to the Kates, it's not as much of an issue. He also deals with the, the Gemara about Tipach Rucha and Shalom Lachash Bekitzin, that, the, that, 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 that somehow he seems to understand that even the Tipach Rucha and Gemara has to do with the fact that it would be so far in the future. The Gemara seems to give a different reason. The, the Gemara seems to give the reason that the, the Gemara seems to give the reason that people are going to get it wrong. But he, but he brings the other reason that again that it was so far in the future that it would have been so depressing and disheartening. But he comes out that neither of these reasons, neither the reason the Gemara seems to give nor his reason apply. He says because he, he says the fact that it was so far into the future it would be demoralizing and disheartening. That's less of an issue, Bismanazeh, he says, because, again, we're much closer to the Kates, he says. What about, what about the reason the Gemara gives, that if you get it wrong, you cause people to lose faith, he says. Ramban says, in his great humility, he says, I'm not going to cause anyone to lose faith. He says, I'm not saying anything as, with any authority, he says. I'm, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that this is how it has to be with any conviction, he says. I'm speculating. I'm speaking, he says, I'm speaking, I'm speaking, conjecture and speculation. I'm not saying that I have nevuah, I know this is when it's going to be, and, and that you, know, you should have a crisis of faith if I'm wrong. I'm just making suggestions, he says. So nobody's going to lose their faith because of this, and it was close enough that, that again, it started you know, relatively... The, the rule is almost every, we'll discuss some other examples soon, almost everyone who, almost every Chacham in Yisrael who gave a case typically gave it in the relatively near future, with a, a few decades, certainly within a century or two, of when they gave it. There was, only, there, was, there was pretty much no one, I think, but very few people who gave a case that was vastly uh, thousands of years in the future. So, Ramban's case, again, he gave a series of dates, but they started, I think, relatively uh, shortly after, within a few decades of, of, when, he wrote, of when he wrote this Hebrew. So, Ramban says, we're close enough to the case that I'm not worried about uh, being demoralizing, and it's, uh, my, I'm not such an authority that I'm going to cause anyone to lose their amuna, that, since I'm only, I'm only mentioning these things with, uh, with tentativeness, and therefore, he, he was willing to engage in the Chisha Vakates. Rav Sadia Gaon in the Munas Videos also provided a Kates. 
also calculates when he thinks the redemption is going to occur. The Rambam, in, a, in, in one of his famous letters, the Geras Teman, he wrote to the Mechazek, the, 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 the community in spiritual crisis, undergoing terrible persecutions and troubles in Yemen, Teman. The Rambam wrote a famous letter called the Geras Teman, in which he wrote a beautiful and inspiring letter, a compassionate and wonderful letter uh, strengthening the community in Teman. <coughs> it was such a success, his letter, that the Ramban records a famous tradition. Ramban records a tradition, I don't think we have independent confirmation of this, that the people in Yemen were so grateful to the Rambam that they added him into Kaddish. That they said, Moshe ben I don't think we have independent confirmation of that, but we do know that the people in Yemen were so profoundly moved by the Rambam that they, 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 their whole Masorah began to follow the Rambam that are considered the greatest by Mananines. <coughs> Out there, their halacha, their, their whole Masorah is based heavily on the Rambam. So, in, in this letter, Vigaris Teman, he says, you're not supposed to be Mechash of the Kates, because Allah very much against it. What about Rav Sadia, he says? What about Rav Sadia, who provided a Kates? He says, no one really knows for sure, he says, it's hidden, it's Tumim Bechasumim, the Kate is not something people actually know. And he's, even the Kate of Mitzrayim, which is relatively clear, he says, people made mistakes about, certainly the Kates of the, the final Kates, which is hidden. People, it's, it's hard to get it right, he says, Kalvachomer. So what was Rafsadia doing, he says? Uh, why was Rafsadia trying to mechash of the Kates in, in explicit defiance of Chazal's instructions? He says, we're Dan Rafsadia Lekafschus. He says, presumably the reason he did this, he says, even, even if he knew it was Usser, it was like our Rasha. He says in his generation, people were so, were so depressed and demoralized because Mashiach wasn't there. On the contrary, they needed something to hold on to. They needed some kind of hope. That they, needed to, they needed some kind of concrete uh, hope that Mashiach was coming soon. So he said, if not for him, Torah would have been lost from Klal Yisrael, he says. So we told them, yes, Mashiach is on his way. The Kate is, uh, is, is in the not-so-far-off future. To, and that was desperately needed to uh, to help restore the religious uh, the religious the, the, the religious faith of people in his time. As we said before, it can backfire because in, in, in maybe in the very short term, while they're hoping Mashiach will come, they'll be inspired. But if the time passes and he doesn't come, that might make things worse. But I guess they're sadly calculated that uh, that, that there was that you know when the patient's dying, you don't worry about the long term consequences of your treatment. You say I have to save his life right now. Or if Sadia felt that the shock treatment of telling them that, that Mashiach is coming soon would be worth it, even though he'd have to deal with the, Klaus will have to deal with the consequences in the long term of, of, of Mashiach not coming by that time, perhaps. But if Sadia felt it was worth it to at least uh, save Klai Yisrael in his time, and the Rambam is willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that that was the right call at that time. But Lamaisa, we don't know, he says. And then, surprisingly, later on in the same letter, the Rambam himself provides a case. The Rambam himself gives his own calculation of the case. He says, we have a Kabbalah. He says, we have, a, we have what he calls a, we calls a Kabbalah Gedola Vineflas. An amazing and great tradition, he says. I heard it from my father, or from his father, and then they have a Masorah that goes all the way back to the Golas from Yerushalayim. It's based on Psukim and Parshas Balak. It says... The Psukim say, He says, Klaifel doesn't have diviners and soothsayers. Klaifel has Nevoah. And the Rambam says that this is a drusha, this is not Pashapshat, what he's about to say, but the, the, the Kabbalah is that we have a drusha that Ka'es means if you take the amount of time from Briya Sa'olam until now, the time of, of the story of Bilam. 
and you project that much time forward in the future, meaning you double the elapsed time since Bria Olam, and you project that far forward into the future, people, then people, then, Yomerli Akov Yisrael, Nebuah will return to Kala Yisrael. We lost Nebuah at the time of the second base of Mikdash. Nebuah will return that many years in the future. And, and people will say, Ma'pal Kel. People will say, wow, what hath God wrought? Uh, Edison said it on his, uh, first, on his first telephone. But uh, people will say, what hath God wrought? Uh, that that, that he, speaks, he speaks to the Jewish people again. So the Chazaras and Nevoah, the return of Nevoah, is without doubt, the Rambam says, is the prelude to Mashiach. So that's what it means. So, the, so, 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 that, the, the, so that's when Nevoah will return. Rambam makes the calculation. He says that'll happen in the year... There are different discos in the Arabic versions of the letter, the original Arabic and the Hebrew version, but it was around the year 1216, 1215, the year 4976, which is, which is about the year uh, 1216, which was about 40 years, 40, 40, 45 years after the Rambam wrote this letter in the late, uh, in the late 12th century. So the Rambam predicts a case for the return of Nevoah about 40 years after he wrote this letter. So the Akronim are very puzzled by this. You just got finished saying it's terrible to be Mechashiv the Kates. We don't know, because I'll curse those who are Mechashiv the Kates. Rav Sadia, he had to be And here he does it himself. He himself starts to be Mechashiv the Kates. What happened? So the obvious approach, some suggest, is to say that, well, he had the same rationale that Rav Sadia did. Rav Sadia was dealing with a desperate community that was holding on to its religious, uh, spiritual convictions by a thread, in order to save them, he had to promise them a case that was in the near future. Rambam felt the same way about Taman. Rambam was dealing with a community in Taman that was in a spiritual existential crisis, and the, the, way, the, the way he felt he could save them was by assuring them that Mashiach would come in the future. Again, you, you have to wonder if it doesn't backfire if he doesn't come by that time, but, but Rambam may have felt that it was, Rambam may have felt that it was the, the best he could do was, was, to promise them, was to promise them some kind of case. Other, others have other explanations. Others say that the problem with predicting a case is only if you say it with, uh, with great authority, but if, but if, if you say he definitely will come, if you just suggest that he could come or should come or might come, but you don't say it like, kind of like the Ramban said, you don't say it with the same level of conviction. Ramban was just saying that he's not sure he's right. He's just saying maybe this is the shot. Uh, Rabbi Reuven Margolius is quoted as saying that, 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 that if you just say that this is a time that's propitious, I think, for Mashiach to come, but, 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 but you don't actually promise he will come, then that's, then, then that's better. But be that as it may, so for one reason or another, it, it, it's remarkable. It, it's just a couple of paragraphs later in the very same letter, while the Rambam initially says that, initially says that you're not allowed to makash of the case, as per the Gemara, he passes that way in the Yad as well. He passes that way in the Yad as well. That's a terrible thing to makash of the case. And, and, and he has to justify or sadly going doing it. He himself proceeds to do it a little bit later. So we gave a couple of suggestions. Why? As I mentioned, that... Uh, as I mentioned, that, 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 that Rabbi Reuven Margolius says, in Margolius Ayam, he says that, he says that the, the problem is only if you say, this is the deadline. If he doesn't come, then forget it. Then we've been sold the bill of lies. You come with that attitude, that's a terrible thing. But, it, but, it, but the people who, are, who believe in Hashem and just say that, uh, that okay, we believe, we, no, no matter what, we believe Mashiach will come. We're just trying to understand when he'll come. That's okay, that's okay, they say, and that is something that you're allowed to do. So one way or another, that, that's the shita of the Rambam, that uh, the Yinalad and the of the Kates, Rav Sadia did, and he did also, for reasons that are not entirely clear, but that's the... And again, the, 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 there's actually an entire Wikipedia page on, 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 on Chishof HaKates, on, on, and they list a number of examples of famous Jewish thinkers who attempted...
a number of examples of famous Jewish thinkers who attempted to predict the Cates. One of them was the Malbim. One of the, the, the last source we'll discuss, one of, one, one of the last things we'll discuss is the Malbim. The Malbim, writing in 1860, explains Pesukim and Daniel, we're not going to get into his calculations, but he says he's writing this in the year Tafresh Chavches, which is about 1868, and he says, according to my Cheshman, he says, the, the Zman of the Gula should extend another 60 years. As I said, m- most, most thinkers who wrote down in Cates was within a few decades, a century or two at most, I think, of, the, of when they wrote this. So he says that we, we expect the Gula to start in another 60 years or so. Then he has some kind of tradition, he says, from the, from the Zohar, that 60 years, uh, that, uh, that, that, that we expect some sign of the Gula even now, 60 years before the actual Gula, he makes predictions about how he thinks the European governments will behave towards Jews and so on, and he and, and he proposes he actually proposes some 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 that that, that the Gula should begin a few decades after uh, after after he wrote this in in 1868 or so. Just close by mentioning the the words of the Maral, the the Maral writes in Netzach Israel, which discussing the Gula, Maral writes he says that when the <coughs> He says when, he reiterates over and over that, that nobody really knows for sure when the, when the ghoul is going to occur. He says, and therefore, when the Chavim said different things about the Kates, when it would occur, he says, they weren't being gozer shekachia bevade. They weren't asserting definitively this is when Mashiach will come at that time. They were revealing to us that this is the time that's right for the Kates to be. This is a, an appropriate or a, a propitious time for, for the Kates. Morale actually says, I, I think some, some express this idea, they just mean this is a time that's propitious, but it could happen earlier or later, but this is a time where there's a particularly uh, auspicious time for Mashiach to come. Morel says it a little bit more sharply, he says a little bit more, uh, a little bit, a little bit less, uh, a, a, a little bit less cheerfully, he says, until that time it's not right, there'll be a case at all, that, that the case is not like, it should not happen, it's, it's not, the case is not going to happen before that time. Until, the case is not ready until that time. But, uh, but it doesn't mean he has to come by that time, that uh, no one knows for sure when it's going to come. Others say that the case can come earlier. There is a Gemara. The Gemara says, Be'ita Hishena. The Pasuk Navi says, Be'ita Hishena. The Gemara says, Be'ita means at the right time. Hishena means earlier. So the Gemara says, Zacha Be'ita. If we merit, he'll come at the right, at, at the time. I'm, I'm sorry. Zacha Hishena. If we merit, he'll come earlier. Lo Zacha Be'ita. It'll come by that time. The implication of that Gemara is that the case is, is an upper limit. He'll definitely come by then, but he could come earlier. Morales is saying the opposite that that before that time, that, that before that time it's not ain roy kates klal, but the it doesn't mean he has to come by then because that's not possible. No, nobody knows for sure when the case is going to come. I'll call upon him because I was very opposed to revealing the case. The reason they gave was because if it doesn't come by that time, it could be terribly demoralizing. We also have the concern of the Ramban that may explain why Yaakov couldn't reveal the case. That the concern of the Ramban that the case was so far into the future. That knowing the knowing the case, you think knowledge is always uh, power. Knowledge always makes you happy. Sometimes the knowledge is grim, and the, the, the idea that the case would be so far in the future would actually be demoralizing. The, the Ramban argues that that concern doesn't apply to Manazeb because we're so much closer to the case. He felt it was actually the case was imminent in his time. Many thinkers in the twentieth century have thought that the case is imminent as well. Many thinkers throughout history have thought the case was imminent. So that reason may not apply if you think the case is imminent. The other reason of what happens if it doesn't materialize, so we saw several suggestions. We saw the idea of the Rambam 
that it's like that there can be a harasha. Sometimes people need 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 the hope of thinking Mashiach is coming soon and it's worth it, even though it's generally not the right thing to do. We saw the idea of the Ramban that if you express yourself in a very tentative and spec and and, uh, and 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 conjectural way without asserting things authoritatively, it won't it won't it won't damage anyone's amuna. We mentioned the Margolius Ayam, who says that uh, it depends on your attitude. If your attitude is this is when he has to come. I'm testing Hashem. If he doesn't come, then forget about it. That's wrong. But but if your attitude is, I believe in Mashiach, no matter what happens, I believe. But I think he's going to come by this time. If you're approaching it from a perspective of faith and trust in Hashem, that's not the answer. Be that as it may, the, the fact is, despite this clear Gemara and the Rambam codifies this, that you should not be Machash of the Kates, many Jewish thinkers have engaged in Chisha Kates. On the other hand, we mentioned that there was also opposition. We mentioned Rav Osner, who says that you really shouldn't, that, that, that look what happened in the, in the 17th century, look what happened with the Shabbat Tzvi. In general, it's not a good idea to be Machash of the Kates, and, the, and it can lead to problems, and therefore a person should avoid being Machash of the Kates. Ultimately, the last word is the Ram and the Yad. The Ram says, he, he, gives, he gives various theories about how the Messianic process will unfold. He, he gives various details of his explanation of how the Messianic process will unfold, but he says, no, we don't know exactly how, none, we don't know for sure exactly how it's going to occur. Kandal didn't have a, a, a definitive tradition, he says. And at the end of the, at, at the bottom line is, a person shouldn't occupy himself in speculation about these things. He shouldn't, he shouldn't occupy himself more than too much in these things, because they, they don't bring to Avas Hashem and Yeres Hashem. He should just have a general faith that Mashiach will come and, uh, and, and, and let Hashem worry about the details. My Rashiva, Rameir Stern, I remember when he would read this Rambam, the Rambam says, a person shouldn't be osik in these things. They don't bring to Avas Hashem or Yeres Hashem. My Rashiva, Rameir Stern, a Pasaic, he would pause and he would say, apparently, Going to the Rambam, the Rambam is telling us that first, the only things worth occupying yourself with are those things that bring to Avas Hashem and Yeres Hashem. Food for thought, kind of. Anyway, so again, we, we should follow the Rambam's advice. We can not worry so much about exactly when he's going to come, but we should believe the Masara, the tradition we have. The Mashiach will come. We don't know exactly how. We don't know exactly when. But we believe that in Yisvameach Hakelo Kivo Yavo that he may tarry, he may not come as early as, as early in history as we would have liked. But we believe uh, that he will come. We yearn and we anticipate his coming. And may we be zochet to experience the coming of Mashiach. Meheravi Amen.